Hey guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere. And each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. BDW. Void were prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. We are back live here on our world famous Jiggy Jaguar radio broadcast. We have got a great guest with us today. Larry joins us here on the broadcast. It's a great interview with Larry. And uh, so, Larry, tell us a little bit about uh, yourself and some of the different things you're involved in. That's a good question. Now, I'm an old retired professor, so I'm 75 years old. You might say, you know, over the hill. <laughs> but, um, yeah, I uh, started teaching at Notre Dame back in 1975, and um, I retired from full-time teaching in 2005 and took uh, what they call emeritus status at Notre Dame. But then I moved here to Kansas City. And I wondered what the kids were up to, and they said, oh, yeah, we're these Internet startups. So I joined an Internet startup called Ad Knowledge, and we was head of banner targeting, and we're sending out billions of banner targets uh, over the Internet and uh, to Yahoo and Facebook and New York Times, all these different places. And I did that for a year or two and then uh, retired from that. Uh, got involved in the local homes association, became president of the homes association, I uh, got a little bit involved in the local politics, became treasurer on one of our representatives in uh, Jefferson City and here in Missouri. Um, but other than that, I've been uh, busy writing books and uh, trying to stay out of trouble. We have got a great guest with us today. Larry joins us here in the broadcast. So let's talk about your latest book. Uh, tell us a little bit about it. Well, um, it's called Optimum Money Flow, and there's a website, uh, optimal money dash flow dot website. So optimals O P T I M A L dash money dash flow dot website. Anyway, the book is about how money flows through an economy and how the flow of money has changed uh, somewhat dramatically over the years. Uh, right after World War Two there was a really strong demand. We had our troops, our GIs coming back from overseas they were starting the young families. That's when the baby boomers were actually babies. <laughs> and uh, they, they needed uh, housing. They needed uh, furniture. They needed appliances. They needed bicycles and cars and trucks. And then General Eisenhower during World War II, as, as General Eisenhower entered Germany during World War II, he saw this autobahn, this highway that linked West and East Germany so they could move troops back and forth. And he decided that we should have that too. So the Eisenhower Internet, internet uh, or no, I shouldn't say Internet, Eisen, the Eisenhower uh, Expressway, Interstate Expressway, was created at that time. So the, the economy was one in which there was a tremendous demand for goods and services. There was a tremendous demand for labor. Wages were rising. 35% of the labor force was you know, unionized. And uh, supply was very weak. So Germany was devastated, Japan was, was flattened, and there wasn't any global supply chain. So that's an entirely different situation than the one we face today, which is where demand is weak, but supply, you know, when, when the communist countries um, were, were uh, eliminated, they freed up a labor force, a worldwide labor force, 
that drove down wages and, and provided goods and services at low, very low prices, but has really changed the very nature of the money flow. And so we need to address this uh, by changing the policies that we have uh, to, to recognize how, how changed the money flow has become. Fantastic. We have got Larry with us today. He joins us live here in the broadcast talking about his latest book. So what's been some of the reviews and some of the feedback you've gotten on the book so far, Larry? Well, uh, it's very interesting because uh, it's a little bit of a uh, shaking up the old order because uh, the money was designed, the way the Federal Reserve was set up in 1913 was to work through the financial markets. And so when the economy starts to slow down and needs a little stimulus, the idea was to inject money into the financial markets uh, by buying the Treasury, the, the security, excuse me, the Federal Reserve would go into the uh, financial markets and buy Treasury securities, and, and that way it releases money into the financial markets. And the idea was after World War II, where supply was very limited, that this money would be available to build new factories, which it did. It worked great. The supply-side approach worked great right after World War II. But now we're in the opposite situation. When the money goes to Wall Street, it just bids up stock prices and bond prices and drives down interest rates and doesn't really stimulate the, you know, if, if any companies that take the money to build a factory, they end up building it overseas. They build a factory overseas, not here. So we have plenty of supply. The supply is overwhelming. It's the demand that's really weak, and the money's not going to the people. Just sending the money into the financial markets doesn't, doesn't trickle down to the people. So my book proposes creating these My America bank accounts for every American where when, when the economy started to slow, the Fed could inject money into these accounts, and that way the government wouldn't be deciding how to spend money. The individuals could decide how to spend the money, and they have much tighter control over the economy. If, so if inflation threatened, you could face the interest rates in these accounts, and, draw, and that would encourage money to withdraw from the economy and, and avoid the inflation. Fantastic. So how, how did you arrive at this idea? Well, it's a good question. I learned uh, that some European countries, they used to have bank accounts at every post office, that, that people could have uh, put money into the post office like a bank and withdraw money from the post office, you know, just like a bank. And so I thought, wow, that's interesting. I'd never thought of that before. Um, so, you know, I just kind of stumbled onto this uh, idea that you can inject money directly to consumers who have a much higher propensity to spend than the Wall Street bankers. Because, you know, Wall Street bankers, you, know, you can only drive one car at a time. That's true that Jay Leno has 26 cars, but, you know, not everybody wants 26 cars. And so bankers don't really spend the money on goods and services. Maybe they'll buy some exclusive properties or bid up the price of paintings, but mainly to the stock market. Whereas if you give the money to the average person, they have plenty of needs. They need to replace that old rusty truck. They, they need maybe more clothes for the kids and, you know, they, if they're growing older. Uh, there's lots of things they need. They need to pay off some of their debts. So getting money into the hands of the people is much more effective when you want to stimulate the economy. And likewise, if you offer high interest rate on the accounts, you can get people to withdraw money, to put money into the accounts to reduce the amount of money in the, in the economy. So that's basically the way the, the system is to work. We have got a great guest with us today. He joins us live here in a broadcast, coast to coast of Border to Border on iHeartRadio and also AMFM247.com. 
Rock Music Hub as well. We have got a great guest for this today. So, uh, Larry, this book, incredibly well written. Tell me a little bit about the writing process for this incredible book. Well, that's a very good question. Um, I have to bounce ideas off of colleagues and get uh, feedback. You know, I, I sometimes get off on the wrong track or I uh, haven't thought through an idea very well, and they uh, are very quick to straighten me out. My, my wife was a, um, a, a newspaper editor, so she used to be the uh, city editor of the Ypsilanti Press in Ypsilanti, Michigan, and then she was city editor at the Niles Daily Star in Michigan, and she eventually it was the city editor at uh, the South Bend Tribune in, in, where, near Notre Dame where I was teaching. And, you know, I used to tell my friends, the city editor is the one that wears the visor, smokes the cigar, and swears at the reporters. <laughs> well, she didn't exactly do that, but she was very good at, at correcting my copy and fading me out when I got on the wrong track. We've got a great guest with us today. He joins us live. Larry is with us here in our program. And uh, this this book, uh, well put together, uh, you, you've got a lot of good things going on in this book. What's been some of the feedback you've gotten on the book so far? Because I'm sure there's a, a lot of folks that have given you some criticism and some praise. Yeah, there's one concern, which, which is a real you know, concern, which is about our federal debt. So there's many people out there that are really, really concerned about the federal debt. And, and they have good reason uh, to be up to a point. Now, if we had this set of federal debt uh, in the period after World War II, especially as we got into the 1970s, this would be extremely serious because there was an inflationary situation, and it got to the point where the demand was so strong and the supply wasn't very strong. So the supply was weak, but the demand was strong. And so in the 1970s, we started experiencing inflation to 8, 9, 10 percent. You know, we ended up like Venezuela with, with humongous inflation. And so at that time, uh, federal deficit spending would have been very – right now, what's the reason that they have this deficit spending, the federal deficit spending, is because the middle class, or actually the people, American people, are unable to buy back the value of the goods and services that they're producing. That, that so much money is going to Wall Street, both, you know, there's all of these tax loopholes, all of this stuff that's been rigged, and, you know, it's like Internal Revenue Code 469. You know, it's all Internal Revenue Code 482. I can go over one after the other that shows how the money was uh, manipulated to how the rules of the game were set so that the money would just go to the wealthiest people, the, the special interests, and that everyone else was, was less short. But when they, when they can't buy back the value of the goods and services you're producing, the federal government has to step in with this, this terrible deficit spending uh, and, and make up the difference. And until we get our, our economy straightened out, until we get new federal reserve accounts like these, these My America prosperity accounts for every citizen where we can inject money directly instead of getting it to Wall Street, we're going to be stuck with having to have the federal deficit spending just to make up the difference so our economy doesn't sink into a deep recession. We've got a great guest with us today. He joins us live here in the broadcast. So um, this book, uh, you've put a lot of time and effort into this. What do you want readers to take away from your writing? Well, I want them to un have a better understanding of the role of government. There's times when government just gets too involved in over-regulating and, and um, 
and especially when those regulations are uh, manipulated by the special interests to promote their own interests and not the interests of the American people. But there's other times when regulations are absolutely needed to avoid these, these financial uh, shenanigans that, that uh, trash our economy or, or create excessive pollution. You know, there's some countries uh, where in, in India, there's cities in India and in China where breathing is hard because the pollution is so bad. So there's a lot, there's some things that need to be regulated and other things that, that don't need to be re regulated and some that, that need some regulations but not too much. So, you know, the parts can be too hot or the parts can be too, too cold, but you need the parts to be just right. So I, I think it's wrong to be uh, totally anti-regulation, but it's also totally wrong to want to regulate everything that moves, as Ronald Reagan says. <laughs> so we need to have a good judgment in, in what, to, what to regulate and how much to regulate it. We have got a great guest with us today. Larry, before we let you go, how do people find you online, get your book, everything else? Tell us all about it. Okay. Well, as I said before, the key uh, to finding the book is optimal-money-flow.website. Lucky Land Casino, asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.